This is Big Dreams, Bold Moves, the podcast inspiring families like yours to discover endless possibilities for living abroad, because life is too short to settle. I'm Malia, and I will be your host as we travel around the world speaking with experienced expats and experts. We're going to learn how to get visas, make money, and find jobs abroad. We'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what everyday life with kids is really like in different countries and get you the answers you need to go from daydreaming to international move-making. Now, let's get on our way. Okay, you guys, right now, today, at the time of recording this, I am only two weeks into this whole podcast making adventure, and I have to tell you, I am having an absolute blast getting to talk to all these awesome people all over the world, and I'm so thrilled to see that so many of you are joining me. If this podcast is what you have been looking for, will you please remember to subscribe, rate, and review in the podcast app you're listening to right now? That will help us reach even more listeners and help me attract the kinds of guests that you want to hear. Also, if you want to have your questions included in my upcoming interviews, be sure to click the link in the show notes to get updates and get in the know on who I've got coming on. Now for today's episode, we have Jess from Let's Adventure More. She's going to tell us about how her family created an opportunity to travel around the world for a year at a time in their lives when it felt like things were starting to fall apart. We're going to talk in depth about how they saved money on their trip by house sitting. Now, I don't know why, but I've actually never considered house sitting before. However, talking to Jess has me really reconsidering that. It sounds like a really great way to slow travel and save money. Now, here's Jess to tell us more about it. Hi, Jess. Welcome to Big Dreams, Bold Moves. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Where is your family today? We are in Phoenix, Arizona in the USA. Okay. And um, is this just a pit stop in your trip around the world? Um, We got back from our trip um, in October, but with the mindset that we were changing our lifestyle completely. So we are in Phoenix to almost start from scratch so that we can have a lifestyle that is location independent. So yes and no, we are here, but more for an extended period of time in the hopes that we can pick up again and head out. Okay. So we took a trip around the world, October, 2017 to 2018. And then when we got back in October, um, my husband was looking specifically for remote work found a company that was hiring um, in Phoenix. So we relocated here. And then once he's completed the client onboarding process, he'll be able to work from anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll get back into that later. Yes. Um, yes. So before this trip started, where did you come from originally? So we're originally from the Bay Area of San Francisco, California. And what was your life like before you started this trip? Very suburban. (laughs) Uh, My husband worked for a startup company in the accounting department. I was a um, baby photographer and homeschool mom to my three kiddos. We lived 15 minutes from my parents, um, 10 miles from when our first home together that we started when we were first married, um, lived there pretty much from, uh, the time we were engaged until the time that we left. So almost 10 years 
and it's also the area I grew up in. So we were very much close to home. And did you travel much internationally? No, actually, we did not. Um, we did a lot of road trips. The U.S. is quite large, and you can see a lot just by doing road trips. So we always tried to plan like a 10-day trip um, around my husband's you know, two-week vacation holiday time. Um, but we just continued to kind of hit a, a, a door where, or a wall really that it just wasn't enough. It just usually wasn't enough to be no. able to go, to go anywhere very far. So <laughs> no. we always had this theory or this idea, um, to do something kind of radical. We, we considered doing an RV through the U S and then discovered a family that actually took their trips, uh, kids around the world for a year. And that just really opened up possibilities of dreams um, when we heard about it. And so it took you how many years until you, you did it? A year, a year and a half. It took a year and a half. Um, we had always kind of wanted to do something radical, even when we were first married, but there just didn't seem to be this window of opportunity or a possibility really, um, during that time. So we just kind of shelved it always just was like one of those one day, one day we'll do this. Um, and then, yes. And then in 2016, a girlfriend of mine was saying that there was the podcast that we should really listen to because it sounded like something we would do. And so we listened to it over a series of date nights and we're like, this is amazing. How can we do this? Um, but again, we just shelved it as a, as a someday. And then some things happened at the beginning of 2017 that really changed our course and really gave us the, um, the gumption to jump off the cliff, really. <laughs> And then how did you make it possible? Like, how did you make, how did you create the opportunity? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, in 2016, we uh, had come up with this plan of just collecting all of my husband's vacation time into maybe like a five week and just going to Europe and making a big Europe trip with, you know, doing Airbnb or lots of travel. So just a really expensive trip essentially. And so back in 2016, uh, we just put all of our extra funds into that, shaved down a lot, did a lot of um, yard sales and just kind of really trying to restructure our life so that we could go on this five week trip. Um, and then uh, I was taking a lot of extra work and just, you know, basically just kind of making a little nest with that. And then um, in the beginning of 27, uh, that summer, his mom was diagnosed with almost stage four lung cancer. And it really came to a shock for the entire family. And then in January of 2017, it, it had moved to the bones. And so they were talking about hospice and, and that sort of thing. Around that same time, his, uh, his work was going through some major restructuring and kind of moving positions up to an, another location about two hours away. So kind of got us thinking like, are they closing this office and relocating it? And they brought him in and said, Hey, if you stay until October, we'll, we'll give you this package. And, and so that was another little nest egg that we had planned out. Like um, a severance package. Yes. Yes. And then, um, and then his mom, unbeknownst to us, there was also some inheritance money that we were able. So we kind of just hodgepodge it all together. Um, it, it, you know, it, outside looking in, it didn't look like a whole bunch, but, um, you know, we were also kind of researching ways to stretch the money that we did have um, to be able to last longer. Um, so between those two, it really helped us to be able to stretch out to a year. And we didn't know. We, when we left, we're like, well, we may make it 
six months, even though we rented our house for a year and, and we'll look at that um, and just kind of, you know, try to make it work. <laughs> so his job sort of naturally came to an end. You saved yeah. up a bunch of money. Um, you were able to rent out your house and the plan yeah. was to go for a year. Yeah. And we didn't do any storage or anything like that. So we really, we really just cut all of our expenses when we left and didn't have anything lingering. So, um, when we came into the marriage, there was some student debt, but we were able to take care of that kind of in the beginning of, of our marriage. So we didn't have any other extenuating debts, um, when we left. So that was a big thing that, you know, in our research, a lot of people recommend if you do have debt to take care of that first, um, before leaving, cause you really don't want anything kind of holding you back. Did you find any great resources on coming up with a budget? Um, uh, not a ton. There, there is an app I think that you can use to kind of implement your, your spending and, and your budget. So I can't remember what the name of it was. We, we did download that and used it in the beginning. Um, we started in Southeast Asia, which is super inexpensive. Um, we know lots of traveling families that camp out there for three months to kind of store whatever passive income they're getting before going back out again. Um, but we, we really found our kind of niche or a way to stretch our money so far was through house sitting. And so we did a trial run before we left, um, to England, um, and did a, a week house sit there. And it was our first actual international trip because my husband's like, Oh, we're going to take our kids around the world, but we've never left internationally. And so, um, we were able to go for two weeks. I think he worked remotely for a little bit of it. And we saved what we guesstimated like $1,200 in hotel fees just by staying at their house and house sitting for them. And so that was kind of our ticket. We, during that time, uh, we were also confirmed for a house sit in Australia, like at the end of the year when we were planning to be in Australia loosely with our trip around the world, but we hadn't actually committed to taking a trip around the world at that point. But I think that was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to Australia at least, even if this whole year thing isn't going to work out. And so, um, you know, it was a lot of steps of faith and, um, hoping it worked that's, out. That's a pretty bold move to decide that you're going to go around the world with your three kids for a year and you hadn't left the U S right. Yep. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. My husband said the exact same thing. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I know. But I feel like when your world in front of you is kind of feeling like it's crumbling, it's like, well, you know, what yeah. else do we have to lose? And it's kind of now or never. And you know, these things were popping up and, and just, with his mom getting so sick, she ended up passing the summer before we left and just realizing how short your time here really is on earth. And that someday, if you keep saying someday, that's never going to happen. And so we already were homeschooling our kids. So that seemed like an easy transition. My husband, it looked like, you know, his office was closed. I mean, it just, those things were kind of the way that the dominoes were falling. It just really lent itself to be like, well, what the heck? Let's just go. <laughs> yeah. Talk about make a lemonade out of lemons. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and find the opportunity. Yeah. And so before you left, did you know what your route was going to be? How much did you plan that out or, and how much did you just kind of spontaneously decide as you went? Yes. Yeah, so we used a um, complex fare company called Airtrex and they helped us in the beginning six months because we had never traveled internationally. So some of those, you know, when you've never left the U S and 
you're just not sure. It was nice to have the structure of flights already. So we had the first six months kind of slotted out with flights as a framework, which, you know, some people say, oh, that's such a bad idea because plans change and you may want to stay longer. Um, I found it to be really helpful to avoid decision fatigue because you hear right. a lot of people who are DIYing it that six months and they're just exhausted from making decisions on flights and hotels and where to stay and the best thing. So yes, we were confined to the structure of time in any given location for those first six months. But for me, it was very freeing because you can always come back or, you know, whatever you love, you can make that, you know, I'm going to asterisk that place and we'll come back for a later day, extend, kind of extend our time there. One of which for us would be New Zealand and Australia that seemed to happen really fast. And so that is one of our top places to head back when we're able to. Um, but we I found the structure very helpful because then it, it took a lot of guesswork out of a lot of things. And I did not get that decision fatigue that a lot of people complain about. So you prepaid for all of that transport too? In, yes. Months. Yes. In chunks. So I did the first three months and then I paid and then I did the second three months and then I paid. So it was kind of broken out um, almost not quite a year before we left. I guess it was around April-ish. Uh, April so maybe six months, seven months before we left. And also during that time, we got really great flights for a lot of, you know, cause we were planning ahead. So the prices okay. were really, were really good as well. So, and they worked with me and I even like DIY'd it like, okay, if I don't use them, what is my price? And they matched it or went under. So that was oh, that's really good. What is the name of it? Air tracks. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Yes. And I would imagine and that really helped you probably budget too, right? Because you yes. knew for that first six months, you weren't going to have any surprises in terms of transportation. Well, we did actually have a surprise. So the other aspect of Airtrex is they have travel insurance. And so we were in Bali when there was an um, uh, erupting volcano. And so the airport was closed and we really wanted to kind of keep our Australian itinerary um, because we had kind of, we had house sits that we had confirmed. So we really were kind of adhering to a strict itinerary. And so they were able to reroute us. It was just a long travel to get rerouted and to get out of a proper airport on time, but we were able to get reimbursed completely for that whole deal. And they were the ones that were on the phone hours and hours with the airline instead of myself trying to redirect and do all of that. So that in a, that travel insurance in and of itself just paid for the service completely. And was that an extra service that came with them? No. That yeah, it's part it's of booking with them. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, that's good to know. Yes. Especially because I'm usually the one like, oh, I don't need the travel insurance. We're fine. I'm going to risk it. But um, no, it totally, it, it paid for itself. And they also provided, you know, they researched options and we just picked the best option. Um, so for me, it just, it totally paid for itself. So speaking of insurance, what did you do about like health insurance? Did you just book a year's worth of travel yes. insurance before you left? Yeah, we used, um, I think it's World Nomad. I did yeah. a lot of research. Um, and even so, I probably could have done even more. So still, there's a few other companies that I was looking into, but there's a lot of American health companies that you can pay just like a monthly fee. Um, you know, it's more, more catastrophic health insurance, you know, 
if something were to happen, heaven forbid, that you needed, you know, to fly out of the country or to receive major health. Um, that's what we used it for. We did have a couple of incidences that we just got reimbursed for, but honestly, the rest of the world, as far as health insurance go, it's not very expensive for, you know, minor things. Do you remember at all what like a ballpark figure was on how much it cost for the year? I think it was $200 a month. I'm not quite sure. It's something around there, but it was definitely, that's not bad. Yeah. It was way better than what my husband's health insurance was with his company. So, okay. Very good to know. Yeah. In terms of the house sitting, did you plan the house sits out before you left or did you pick up those along the way? We, uh, we definitely planned out the Australian ones. We pretty much just the Australian ones. Everything else was as we went. So we happened to be in South Africa around the same time. Um, another one posted. So I just, you know, as long as I had Wi-Fi, I could kind of seek out a couple months in advance. And then once air track, air, air track flights dumped us into Europe, then we were completely on our own. And essentially what we did was move from house it to house it. And so, um, we were able to save a ton of money, but obviously we weren't able to see all of Europe. So we concentrated mostly through the UK because that's where the, the house, house sitting site is established. So there are a ton of house sits at any given time in the UK and the flights are so cheap in out of London. So we use that as kind of a home base. And then we actually spent a ton of time in the Nordic countries, which was not on our radar at all because it is just so dang expensive. Um, but we were in Finland for a month. We used their house. They allowed us to use their car. And I think our budget for that month was $800 because of gas and groceries. Hmm. That's pretty reasonable. <laughs> well, yeah, especially since I think we went to Starbucks and it was like 50 bucks for one stop for a couple of drinks and sandwiches. The bad so thing about just... doing this podcast is now my wheels are always <laughs> turning. <laughs> it is literally, it has been a game changer for us as far as international or just family travel goes. Um, you do have to be open to going where the house sits are. So obviously we did not house it in Paris and we did not house it in like Austria or Switzerland or Italy. Although there are some there, um, you know, we really had to go where the house sits were. But for us, it was great because we could spend an extended time in one location, get to know it, experience it really just meet, meet and get to know the country um, through just more of an in, embedded local experience beyond what an Airbnb can give right. you. So That's for us- More slow travel, which I think is yes. great with kids. Yes, which we found in the, six, the first six months. I mean, obviously everything was already pre-booked and it was, it was fast travel. We were exhausted. Um, it was tiring. We had cranky behavioral issues at certain times because we were moving so fast. And then- once we got into Europe and we slowed down, it, it really, it almost felt like two different trips within that year. So what does a typical house sit look like? I mean, is there like a, a amount of time that you would say they typically are looking for someone or is it just all over the map? It is all over the map. Some people are just looking for a weekend. Some are looking for a week. Uh, the U.S., obviously, it's 10, 10, 10 days or two weeks or less because our holiday time is so stinky. But in Europe, it, it really could last up to four weeks. Like the one we did in Finland was four weeks. We were in Sweden for three and a half. Um, it really, we were in Edinburgh, Scotland for six weeks um, in a house sit. So it really varied. Uh, depending on if they were retired or not, if 
if they had a longer house, you know, vacation time or not. So it just really varied. I tried to look more specifically for longer sits. So ones that lasted two weeks or more during that time in Europe. And are there usually pets and lawns? Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You definitely have chores. You have responsibilities um, to the pets. You can't go out all day and explore, which for us, it worked because as a family, you get burnt out being out all day doing all the things. And so for us, it really provided a wonderful structure to our family day. We were able to still get some school done. My husband towards the end was also starting to look for work or just kind of we're really trying to revamp our lifestyle and having really, you know, hard, difficult discussions and figuring things out. And so having that time at home was very helpful. Um, and it just provided kind of a natural framework that you would see when you're not traveling. And so it really was almost like the best of both worlds. You are in a foreign country, you're traveling, you're getting to be out, um, you know, doing afternoon excursions, but also still having that family life structure and atmosphere. And how do you typically find the house sits? Are you using just one site or are there a number of sites you use? There are a ton of sites. We just happen to use one. Um, and I can share a link for you to, um, to use that in the show notes. Yeah. Great. And what would you recommend for people that want to get chosen for house sits? Because I imagine there it's kind of competitive. Um, it is. What recommendations do you have? Um, So what we did before we left is we did a whole bunch of house sits in California near our hometown to kind of boister our profile because a lot of how you get chosen is on your experience and you can't get experience unless you're chosen. So it's a little bit of a catch 22. Um, But we were able to get some really good reviews from house sits in California before we left. We also are flexible. You know, we don't need to be in the city all the time. We're okay going rural in, in foreign countries. And sometimes those rural sits are, you know, not as desirable. Um, so we kind of could select some of those as we were beefing up our profile again. We have done over 20 house sits now on the website. So we have a little bit more leeway about how we can um, pick and choose. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, you just have to be very flexible and then also, um, cont- you know, not to give up. I mean, in the beginning, I think I applied to so many house sits before that first one selected us in England. Um, and now they have a feature, at least on the website that we use that says family friendly or family home. And there's a lot more families that are posting their vacation times on the website. So that's always fun because we've done quite a few that have like a playroom or a trampoline or a play set outside. And so that's really fun for the kids um, to have those features when we're house sitting. What was your favorite house sit? That is a great question. My kids would say hands down. We did a house sit in Ireland um, on the Wild Atlantic Way, and it was stunning. They had these giant bay windows, and you could see a castle remains outside and the ocean. Um, it was beautiful. And the two dogs are border collies. And so we would take them out for long walks and they're very active and responsive to our kids and they would go outside and play fetch. So that one was one of their favorites. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's going to be a memory in their heads for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. I feel like they identify with certain locations based solely on the house sits and the animals. Like they remember the house sits and the names of the pets before they remember what country we were in. So it's, it's very cool. And then we did one in France for 80 pets. It was a small hold farm. And that was just, <laughs> <pets>? inc- yes, 
pets. It was any animals. Um, they had sheep and llamas and Shetland ponies and horses and turkeys and geese and chickens and dogs and cats. I mean, it was like, and it was- chose this? Yes, it was <laughs> incredible. It was hard, hard work. We did two hours of work in the morning and two hours of work at night. Um, certainly not one that we could have done for a month or more, but it was about a two week long sit okay. and it was, it was the hardest work, but honestly, one of the most awesome experiences. It was a house built in this 1639. My husband had to oh, light a wow. fire in the fireplace for us to have hot water. Um, that sounds like a reality TV show. It was. Where you take an was. American suburban family yes. and drop them into a totally unfamiliar setting. Into a French country, yeah, country farm. It was, it was awesome. And we still talk to those owners today even. We will send pictures. I mean, it's just, it was a very um, amazing experience. And I think for sure one we won't forget. We talk about that one as well. Often. And you're homeschooling. I imagine that you could have brought that into uh-huh. the curriculum quite a bit. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And then we followed that one up with, it was like a um, two and a half week sit with three outdoor cats that we just fed. So it was like, you know, there's definitely some balances that like, as you know, as you house it from one house to, to another. So we definitely followed that one up with very minimal responsibilities. And then I love the city. So I try to go more towards the city uh, house sits. And then my husband really loves the country. So we try to kind of flip flop. Um, that aspect as well. So everyone kind of gets a little bit of something. That adds like a totally different layer on top of the travel. You know, it's not just sightseeing. You're like really getting into people's homes. You're seeing like, I mean, everything. It's so much more intimate. It seems like. Yes, it is. You're, you're really walking, you know, two weeks in somebody else's shoes on an, in another part of the country. And it's just, it is, it's the, the educational or just the learning experience, um, the ability to have community with people that are not like you is amazing. And especially for our kids, like they would, you know, meet neighbors and, and play with the neighbors. And there was one in Finland, um, a little girl that my daughter connected with and neither of them spoke each other's language and she still talks about her and how much she loved speak, you know, being with her because play is a universal language. And we saw that apparent for sure. And with the house sitting, it allows us to live in a neighborhood and have that community of people. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm jealous of my kids' uh, childhood. <laughs> I wish I had that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you feel like this experience has changed them? Um, I think just understanding the world as one community and understanding that people live completely differently than them and and empathy and compassion. Um, you know, I don't think they've met a stranger yet. They're able to make friends wherever they are and, um, just some really invaluable life skills with hands-on experience and not just conceptual or something you read about. That's so cool. I am jealous. Oh. Um, so what questions am I forgetting? What, what do people, when you tell that people what you're doing, what do they always ask you? Um, what do they always ask us? Uh, they do ask us if we're going to be homeless forever. <laughs> and, uh, I said, well, cause uh, the one part we didn't get to is, I imagine um, this stresses a lot of Americans out. Yes, it does. And I think it's alternative to the American dream. It is. It really is. And I think a lot of them are, are seeing us a little bit like a reality show. Like you do what? Like, I'm so fascinated. Like, I would love to know. I think even one was like, do you bring snacks? Like, how do you do snacks? I mean, it's like questions are like, 
all over because I think it's like 40% of Americans are less of passports and they only need them because of Canada and Mexico. And a lot of people haven't seen the world or can really fathom, especially when you only get two weeks to vacation. It's just to have a, a long, slow travel is just, it is completely a foreign concept to our culture. Um, Part of my mission to change that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think just like you heard a story on a podcast, I feel like I just want to keep yes. sharing these great stories yes. and inspire more people to see how possible it is. And there's so many different ways of doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the one aspect that I loved because when I heard the family and how they did it, you know, we couldn't emulate that exactly because of where they were and what they did for work. But what I really took away was this is amazing. Okay. Now how can we do it for our family? Like what are our what, what avenues can we make this possible for us? And I think that's the biggest takeaway when people ask me, you know, how can I do it? And I say, well, just research and learn and go on Google and Google world schooling, Google slow, you know, slow travel with kids and family and just do as much research as you can so that you can take those principles and then mash it with your life and kind of feel how can they meld together? How can you kind of build a relationship between the two? Yeah to transition into. Um, halfway through, we ended up selling our house during the summer because it was a crazy boom in the Bay Area. And we had just realized already at that point that we really enjoyed this lifestyle. And you, in the Bay Area, you can't have your cake and eat it too because it is just crazy expensive. <laughs> so we ended up selling our house and, and taking whatever profits we made and kind of investing them. Um, and I think that kind of really shifted our perspective that we could do this and that when we got home, we could continue to meet that, um, meet that dream. Um, and so be willing to kind of, again, to jump off that cliff and see what bridge you can build across, um, as you're free falling. <laughs> that is kind of the feeling that we get. I mean, we still feel like we're free falling because we're still working out peaks and, and learning this. So it feels a little bit like we did when we were rebuilding in, in 2016, 2017. So <laughs> we're hoping by the end of this year, we'll have more of a, you know, even keel, but it is, it is, it is hard. There are aspects where you're like, Oh my gosh, are we, should we give up? Should we go back? And um, I think just that perseverance is so important because we're still in it. Yeah. Well, my next question was if you could go back Yes. To before this trip and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Um, I would have loved, so when we, when we left, we just thought of it as a trip. We're going to go for a year. We're going to come back and pick up where we left off. And halfway, halfway through more than less than halfway through, we realized it was totally changing us and our lifestyle. I wish I, I wish my husband or I had looked, we kind of looked into remote work. He's an accountant. And so I wish I hadn't written off the fact that he could work remotely. I didn't know that it was really possible because especially since he came from a startup and working in an office, going to work every day, we were just very much in the wheel. And so I didn't really look outside the wheel before we left. I was like, I just want to, we just want to go. And I spent maybe a little bit more time researching and maybe having things in place for the possibility of remote work before leaving. So a little bit more income I, as you went? Yes. Or just to understand, I mean, I, honestly, the way that it happened, I don't know if that is even a possibility. Um, but yeah, I wish we had kind of looked into that. But it sounds like you're doing that right now. We're doing that yeah. now. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, even with hindsight, I don't know if we could have done it back then. I mean, this is probably just how our story unfolded. And obviously in a perfect world, it would have been nice to have it set up on our coming back so we wouldn't have to feel like we were 
at square one again. But I think that's just our story and I need to, I'm learning to embrace that. <laughs> but yeah, I think the journey's maybe, not over. I know, I know. And we're still in the thick of it. Um, but yeah, I definitely, we did a ton of research on how to stretch our money that I think just learning how, yeah, doing more research on how, how to make money when you're not there. Well, round two, he'll have the job. Yes. The yes. journey's not over. I know. It's just hard because I'm used to, you know, traveling for a year and then you come back and, you know, people talk about a vacation hall and there's, there's a deep hole after leaving for a year and coming back to regular life. <laughs> so once you get up and go again, where do you think you'll be headed off to? Um, we have talked about either going back to Europe because the house sits again, we're, we're still going to go house sit to house it. I think it's just such a value for us or going back to Australia and New Zealand, depending on when we can leave. So he right now is an accountant for various clients, small business owners, entrepreneurs who want to outsource their accounting, um, bookkeeping and that sort of thing. So he's trying to get a full client deck to be able to be full time. And so once he does that, then we can go and who knows at what point will he get, you know, a full black deck. So if we, if he gets it by the end of this year, it'll be winter time. So we'll probably head more towards New Zealand or Australia because they have opposite. Uh, although the, I, we had left in the, in October and it was like right after we saw the Christmas markets. So I'm like, I want to go back to Europe for oh, you have to. The, the winter and experience. And Christmas when you do, markets. let me know. And I will write you up a list of the best ah! ones around Germany. And seriously, the area we're in, the the local ones that are out in the countryside and the villages are even yeah. better than the ones in the cities. Oh, amazing. I love it. Yeah. So we'll see. We've also talked, I mean, since we're our family, we have to continue to take the pulse of our, of our family and see what's best. We've talked a little bit about maybe having a small footprint, like a townhouse or something, and then going out, you know, three to six months out of the year. So when people do ask, are you going to be homeless forever? I say it's just a season. You know, it could change as far as the slow term, long term travel. That is definitely going to be integrated permanently into our family culture, as well as house sitting. So it just may look a little different in the future, depending on where we're at as a family. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that with us today. Absolutely. If you would like to follow Jess and her family, you can find them over at letsadventuremore.com. That will give you links to their YouTube channel and their Instagram feed. I will have a link to that website in the show notes along with Jess's referral to sign up for house sitting. If you use her referral link, you'll get 25% off of the sign up fee. Thank you so much for that, Jess. If you love today's episode and you can't wait for more, please... Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And thank you for hanging out with me today. Until next time, keep dreaming those big dreams and scheming bold moves.